Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. Uh, it's uh, me, Rich, here. I'm with the doc, and we've got uh, four of your questions you've sent in, which we're going to go through. We'll kick off as usual. Let's check in with Mark. How are you, Mark? I'm good. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, yeah, I day off today, so uh, yeah, a bit of relaxation, a few jobs. So yeah, it's quite nice. Great. Uh, we are, again, trialling a new uh, recording technique again. We're still not really 100% happy, but... We are certainly getting there. I was talking to a lady earlier on about the podcast and she mentioned that she had to keep rewinding the podcast back to, to find the website we mentioned. So just to let you know, guys, if we mention a website, okay, people obviously switch off when we finish speaking. They don't listen to what's called the outro. On the outro, it says there's show notes on the pod, on the, the, uh, each show on my blog richard-clark.co.uk so if we mention a email or a website or a product or something then it'll be in the show notes so you can go on over there so you don't need to write anything down while you're listening uh, and all those sorts of things or if you're out exercising or driving the car while you're, you're listening to these sorts of things so, so please bear with us judge us on our content and not the quality of our audio and um Long, long will the, the show continue, but we are, are trying. So, we, yeah, it's a sunny day here in Swansea at the moment. I've done three runs today, Mark, already with clients. You've done three runs? Yeah, that's the way it is some days because it's sunny. I like to get everybody outside and, um, you know, even just do walk jogs or kind of, um, I've coined the term run bathing, a bit of running and a vitamin D at the, ah, right. at the same time, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, been out there sweating my little ass off today there. So, yeah, I, might, I might need your help, by the way. I forgot about that. I, two weeks ago, because I, I, I'm trying to do some training now to try and get this, this tough stuff matter thing, I uh, tried to do some sprints. I warmed up, but I warmed up with all the wrong stuff, and I managed to pull my hamstring a bit. So uh, ah. I haven't been able to do any, anything for about the last two weeks. Oh, yeah, come up and have a look at that for you, no problem at all. Uh, something I, I can usually help is uh, hamstrings and calves and things. So, uh, yeah, good. Uh, you, you you know uh, it'll only cost you double. Uh, so, uh, great. Okay, without further ado, uh, first question. Mark's got uh, dinner being prepared by his daughter, so we mustn't be late. Okay, question one. Um, let me just see. Uh, not sure of the uh, chap's name i'm sorry hi i've started listening to your podcast and find it very informative and as you mentioned that you like questions being sent in i hope you don't mind if i submit one of my own 
Not at all, my friend. My history is that I do not really suffer from any ailments, and perhaps once or twice a year I'll get a runny nose or sore throat, and then it passes. I take no painkillers, have little need to, and when I dislocated a finger a year or so back, had get gas and air rather than anything uh, than anaesthetic injected into the area. I've not had antibiotics of a non-natural source for many, many years. I exercise regularly do every day, doing combinations of strength, core, flexibility, cardio. I eat a fresh food-based, soya-free, gluten-free and vegan diet. I appreciate that you guys are not so happy with veganism, but please forgive me. It's okay, buddy. I got a few friends who, who, who uh, you know, they're, they're, they're good, healthy vegans. So if it works for you, uh, carrying on the question or with the, the preamble, from a physical uh, perspective, I'm 174 centimeters and weigh 66 kilos. So um, medium height and uh, nice and lean, 10 stone there, 10 and a half stone. I have had and still have a recurrence of suspected SVT, which my heart rate or in which my heart rate will beat very quickly. And this can cause a problem when doing endurance events like marathons and beyond, of which I have done a few. So that's our subventricular tachycardia. Superventricular tachycardia. Superventricular. Yeah, super. Yeah, super. It's not particularly uh, serious condition if it's uh, if your heart is, is intensely healthy. So yeah. No, okay. Right. That's my question, though. So let's move Superventricular tachycardia. Right. Uh, the SVT condition has started me on a quest to understand myself more. Good. More people need to be like that. I test my HRV, which is heart rate variability. Um, morning resting heart rate and fasting blood glucose, um, which is usually the, the blood glucose between 4.5 and 6. I do s sleep monitoring with a basis watch, which also measures perspiration, skin temp, movement, 24-7 heart rate. Um, I had a blood test at the beginning of the year to test a range of markers. This came back with a few things, primarily with low vitamin B12, vitamin D, neither of which was terribly unexpected. I have been supplementing both of these since March and intend to retest at the end of the year to see if the values have gone up into healthy levels. Uh, so, building up to all that, here are the gentleman's questions. Um, I'm presuming it's a gentleman for some reason. I, I don't know why. It could be a lady, I guess. Um, uh, however, here, uh, to meet to the meat of my story, huh? with a vegan, very funny. I have recently done compre a comprehensive stool analysis through a company called, we know the company, Mark, you and I, same one as we use, and yeah. it has flagged a number of things, primarily that I have a pancreatic elastase one value of around 100 and a 61.1 digestive pH and virtually no beneficial bacteria in my gut. I was wondering if you have any ideas on the causes of low PE1 value that's the first question and if there are any natural unsupplemented ways to get this value and the operation of the pancreas back to normal level ideally remaining on a vegan diet so uh, pe1 value um, gut health and pancreas right can we start yeah <laughs> okay so probably, no it? you're all right i got a couple of ideas of my own yeah okay right First of all, you want to know what causes a, a no PE1. I mean, PE1 is, is, a, is a good market for the pancreas. It doesn't tell you if the pancreas is not functioning particularly well. Uh, to purpose, it doesn't mention he's got any symptoms of pancreatic insufficiency. 
I mean, if you get to potentially pancreatic insufficiency, are things like uh, colicky abdominal pain, reflux, undigested uh, food in the stools, uh, loose watery stools, that sort of stuff. He doesn't mention it. I think he probably would if he had these. So his level of 100 is, is actually just a, is, is a, is a low level, but it's not desperately low. So, and pancreas is a pretty resilient organ. So he's probably not getting any symptoms of it, but he is marking up that he's, he's not doing very well with his pancreas. Now, the causes of that, um, diabetes, he's not diabetic, he's got normal blood sugar. He, he possibly gallstones, if he's having his gallbladder out, that can cause it. Uh, osteoporosis, which is thinning of the bones, that can cause it. And of course, he's low on vitamin D, so there may be a, a little bit of correlation there. The vitamin D level comes up, his, um, his uh, PE one may come up. Um, he didn't mention his age, and of course, your PE won't go down with age, so uh, it may be that he's older and uh, his PE one is naturally falling. Um, cystic fibrosis causes it, but I mean, it, it's extremely unlikely you get you wouldn't be diagnosed by cystic, uh, cystic fibrosis by the time you're adulthood or whatever one is. So that's that's not the cause of it. Um, he could have chronic pancreatitis if he was a, if he was an alcoholic in the past. Uh, any sort of inflammatory bowel disease could cause this P1 to go up. I mean, I'm not. I I, I looked for see if there's any evidence of B12 causing uh, pancreatic issues. B12 essentially doesn't cause anything like that, but vitamin D certainly could be a problem. So they're the, they're the main causes of it, but I mean, I'm more interested in the fact that he's got very poor gut health. Now, mm. he, wants some, he wants some ideas about improving his gut health. Well, I'll, I'll give him a few, and perhaps you could chip, chip, chip a few more. When you've got kimchi, I mean, in fact, all the ones I've got are all, basically all vegan ones, I think. So, well, they're not all vegan. Actually, they're not all vegan. They're all vegetarian, mm. but not all vegan. Kimchi certainly is. I mean, that's a, No, is that a prebiotic? It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a prebiotic, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's basically it's a mix of veggies uh, that have been left to ferment with water. Yeah, vinegar. It's a Korean dip version of sauerkraut, basically. Yeah, that's uh, what I would say. What about the uh, vegetarian probiotics? I'm interested because I can't think of any other than supplemented ones. You can't take sauerkraut? That's a prebiotic, probiotic. Okay. What about, uh, you, can't, you can't take yogurt and stuff? Well, if he's a vegan, he's... he's um... yeah, yeah, I'm talking about you. Oh, you, oh, you see, you, for him. For him? Okay, what about, uh, you can't take kefir because, I don't think you take kefir. Kefir is uh, dairy based. Yeah, mate, these vegans are proper weird. Yeah, okay, pickles are good. Yeah, but again, it's a prebiotic, not a pro pro probiotic. Is it? Yeah, yeah, pickles are probiotic. So what, like the fermented uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, vinegar? Yeah, so, right. Yeah, you can use those. Okay, so we could use like white wine vinegar as a... Um... No, 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 I would, I would go with the apple cider vinegar. Ah, that's sorry, that's the one I actually meant. I always get those two mixed up. Apple cider vinegar. Asparagus is good as well. Okay, so apple cider vinegar is, it's a fermented food, but it is, acts as a probiotic, Mark. Wow, this is cool. I'm uh, soaking it all in here. That's good. Artichokes. And then that apple cider vinegar, I had a problem with a bit of indigestion last weekend. And I was I took just took some before and after food. But is that meant to be on an empty stomach, that then? Like half an hour before food on an empty stomach, if you're trying to improve gut health? Is that the general uh, kind of protocol? I'm perfectly honest. I think you just eat it you put it in your salad. So I think that's, yeah. that's perfectly okay to put it with food. If, yeah, of course. And um, if uh, you go back to the podcast, which was in the first 10 with the microbiologist, Dr. Nigel Plummer, we do cover some of this stuff in there. 
uh, for yeah. the chap who's asked this question. So go back to that gut health yeah. one because there's all stuff about glutamine, FOS, inulin, um, you know, all the nutrients which are needed for the to to replenish and and um, reestablish good gut microflora. So that would be a good one. But um, other than that, Mark, like on a normal like just me being me. Um, it seems to be a personality thing to me. It seems interesting that he's a vegan and he's really, or she is really data oriented. So they've only, they not only got like a HRV, they've got a heart rate monitor, they've got a perspiration, they've got like this crazy scientific setup. So if they actually get any sleep with all that shit going on, I'd be <laughs> amazed. So it seems to be to me that they think a lot. Their mind yeah. is working. So do you know what I would recommend? Meditation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Because it seems like they are somebody who is like a real um, kind of um, thinker, uh, for, for want uh, of, of a better word. And generally, um, my uh, what I say to these people, they're doing all these things. So again, going back to what this person is doing, all these little protocols for X, Y, and Z, if you're doing all that, then you want some sort of measure. Now, all, you're doing it for data and things like that balls to data, start to use your intuition. You've got three things which tell you how you're doing in life with regards to your lifestyle and exercise and things like that. General health and well-being and occurrence of illness, how frequent, that's really low with you, so that's fantastic. Sleep, if that's good, that's the second big tick. Libido, if you're still kind of, you know, under 60 or 70 and you're getting good um, uh, kind of um, regular um, kind of uh, boost in your libido and you feel horny um, from time to time, that's good indicator. And then also general energy on a day-to-day basis. So these are what you call KPIs. I think we mentioned these before, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Better than sometimes HRV and bloody uh, all these other bits of data you can get from uh, sort of testing. So anyway, that's my advice, Mark's advice. Move on. That was quite a long question. This uh, That was uh, covered quite a lot there for that uh, client, the listener. Okay. We got up to 75, did I say the other day, on, in the top 100? On, pod, on iTunes. It's question two. Here we go. Another long one. Think from... Do the feedback one as well, or not? Um, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a feedback one in between. Oh, yeah, of course, you want me to read this because this is singing all about you, huh? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. Right, only j- joking. Okay, this is from Helen, one of my um, personal training clients, and she came into training, so I got her to write this down and send it in. So she came in. Big thank you. Uh, this is coming from Helen Amura from Swansea. Big thank you for, uh, from the doctor for your advice on migraines. My doctors never even mentioned cluster headaches to me. And when I read up on the symptoms, this is exactly how I feel. Uh, I do get them for three days, though, or up to 72 hours. Um, but to know that the treatment is completely different was an eye-opener. So thanks for that. I'll definitely go back to the doctor and talking to him about it. I'll come back to you and let you know how I get on. Thanks again, Helen. So there we go, Mark. Uh, nice. We asked for feedback and um, we, we got some. And then, um, so that was great. And then just last weekend, then I got Penny, who I used to work with when I worked in the um, health coordinator in Carmarthenshire for, for sort of uh, 10 years. Penny used to be with me on cardiac rehab. 
and uh, she's a swimmer. Anyway, she was having trouble with her weight. She actually submitted a question in an earlier podcast asking why she was struggling with her weight. We give her feedback. So there's the, the bit of the backstory. So there's Penny's feedback. Thanks, Rich and Mark. Just for info, last weekend I had a bronze medal in the British Championships. I'd like to thank you for your emails and blogs. They've kept me training with a positive attitude. And thanks to your advice, uh, we, I've had a weight loss of 18 pounds. Big kiss, thanks. Uh, looking out for my next challenge, possibly a 1500 meter swim. And that's uh, from Penny. So just uh, appreciate that, guys. There, uh, it, it sort of keeps me and Mark, uh, you know, uh, motivated there. And, and it means a lot to know that what we're doing is, is, is making a, a difference out there. Oh, Mark. Do you know, guess what? Side issue. We st- the, I think the event is sold out. What? Yeah. So I did. I added up the numbers the other day, and it was like it was sold out. So I have, I have to write. I think I'm going to owe a few people apologies because they're not going to be able to get in. But I think maybe some people will drop out in the meanwhile. But anyway, I'm just jabbering there. I'll, I'll update everybody with that on the blog and the podcast. If you don't already subscribe, I do emails like three or four emails a week. So you want to subscribe to those and get on over to the, the blog and and, um, and and you get all that sort of stuff. Question two from Lorraine. I have listened to almost all your podcasts. I find them interesting and informative. Well done. I have a question for you and Mark, the GP. Question is simple, but my history causes are complex. What? Um, how do I get well again and what do I do first? This is often uh, a thing. So uh, a case with brief history. She had a serious car crash six years ago, left her with chronic uh, back, neck, middle back pain. Um, she had, um, uh, uh, she finished work as a result of it, um, sort of thing. Um, T11, T12, lower back pain, plus post-traumatic stress disorder and depression to go with it. It all affected her health and she wasn't able um, to go back to her job. And during this time, she also lost her dad. And she had a four-year fight to get compensation. I have not had a lot of treatment on my back. Um, she's had a spinal cortisone in the midsection for inflammatory bulging of the disc. She had five cortisones into the muscles in the back that have um, given up working properly, lower to midsection. Then in the last two years, she had Botox twice in those muscles. First time successful and paralyzed the nerve endings, which allowed her to have more movement for longer periods. She was standing up for 45 minutes on her feet. Get that in your head, people. This is how some people have got to live. They can't even stand up for more than 20, 30 minutes without having severe back pain. Okay, this is serious shit. Your health is, 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 is wealth. So her back is really painful if she stands or walks for more than half an hour, uh, especially in that T11 uh, and 12, so in the thoracic area. She's had constant pain and depression. No, and then she says she has depression, but that's no wonder. The latest Botox injections in November last year had the opposite effect on the first ones. My body sort of rejected and saw it as a poison and it's actually caused more pain and the blood test showed high inflammation levels. It's taken from now to uh, get close to normal and it set me back mentally and physically. I'm struggling to get through everyday tasks again. To top it all, blood tests showed underactive thyroid in December. But GP wouldn't treat that until I'd seen a pain consultant, blah, blah. In March, I began on 25 milligrams of thyroxine, which no, made no mistakes, and gradually it's been increased um, up to 50 milligrams and up to her citraline up to 200 from one, which she's been on the uh, citraline for, uh, for six years. 
She has more aches and pains in the joints since November. Fingers, feet and hips are now hurting. Uh, she, doesn't even, she doesn't know what's causing her symptoms anymore. She sleeps a lot, but not continuous. She wakes every two hours because of the aches. She can't lie on her back on her side. I've been particularly low for guests. Don't smoke or drink. Can't face going out. My diet is pretty good. Lean chicken, salads, various fruit, plus the odd cake uh, and things. Um, but can you help yourself? I tried iodine twice, but my stomach just couldn't handle it. I'm also on six to eight cocodamol a day, plus omazoprol. Uh, in December, I was on Oromo for a few weeks at my worst with a bad reaction to Botox. Any suggestions? Thank you, Tullerine. P.S. I've had physio since the crash and was working towards short exercise routine last summer, but Botox wrecked progress and she really misses exercise. Jesus Christ. I know this lady personally and to actually read all that kind of really kind of hits home for me what she's actually been through. Sure. Do you want me to start? Mark, start, middle and finish please pal. I, I, I've obviously tried helping her and stuff but come on, I, let's hear what you've got to say. Right, well, this is not uncommon. I mean, they think this is a, a very sad thing. It is very sad. But it's very it's sad. not uncommon. Not uncommon. Because there are people who have serious injuries and it's a completely messing up their life basically yeah yeah now i mean she, she could go through the rest of her life like this and it would be awful but she has to find some sort of positivity before i start i've got to correct your pronunciation and i have one slight mistake thyroxine with 50 micrograms it won't be 50 milligrams ah uh, micrograms sorry she's written milligrams but it's actually micrograms if anyone who's sort of pedantic on the um the podcast saying 50 micrograms that's a huge day, so 50 micrograms she does okay, yeah and it's virtually the drug and uh, there was one other, uh, he said something else, I, I, I was the, uh, yeah, it's a Veprazole, not Omeprazole. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it with the patient's term. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't claim to be able to pronounce oh, any of these bloody anyway, things, but yeah, uh, yes, uh, it's, it's all good fun. She, um, my 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 stepdaughter said the other day, she came home, she said she had a nice chicken and fetish cheese salad. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're all good. That's all good fun. Yeah, right, so, uh, right, what are we going to do? What, how can we help the ring? Well, okay, the first thing is, she hasn't got any positivity in her life at all. Everything is, is negative, isn't it? Yes, very there's, much. There's nothing from... She, the thing is, everything has to be baby steps. Absolutely. So, I mean, every week she needs to do something small that improves her life. Now, before I go into that, there's one, one sort of glaring thing. She's been to a pain place. I cannot believe she's on six to eight cocodamol and epazole, and that's her pain relief. Yeah. Because once you've had an injury that's chronic, and it's it's going to be at least six years six years ago, isn't it? Yes. Cocodamol is is doing her nothing. It's just an addiction now, I'm afraid. Right. I mean, each cocodamol tablet. I assume she's on the strong ones, the thirty five hundred. Each one of those is basically three milligrams of morphine. So she's taking between eighteen and twenty four milligrams of morphine a day, but. She's like, she's like Nick, Nick Carton there. I used to be on EastEnders, man. Sorry? She's like Nick Carton used to be on EastEnders. Yeah, right. Oh. So the, the, the bottom line here is, those codies will not do anything for the pain. They will just be an addiction. So she needs something that works for nerve pain. And I, I, if she's been to a pain specialist, I'm pretty sure she's been offered of gabapentin, pregabalin, or amitriptyline, or something similar. So she needs to sort out her pain control and get off the cocodamol. Okay. Okay, because that's, that's the centre, really. That's what's bringing her down, isn't it? This is the pain. It's the pain, absolutely. The pain, which, which once you can get rid of the pain, you can actually start your recovery. Exactly. So, so infl and inflammation and pain control is, is the key to it. Absolutely. If you've got to get the pain out of 
pain under control. And code code was not the answer. Mm. So she, she I, I'm pretty sure she must have tried other things. So it's only worth her getting back to us and saying, you know, what she's tried in the past. I mean, there's some very simple things that are extremely effective. Things like capsaicin cream, which is you rub on, and it's, uh, it's basically made out of chili oil, and it's extremely good at sort of warming up and to help your muscle spasm. I mean, she's on, she's had the, uh, the uh, Botox, which is basically just, just stopping the nerves working to the muscles. But if you just rub this stuff on, it does a similar thing, but without any side effects. So, but there's, there's, Can you spell that out, Mark, please? Sorry? Can you spell it? Capsaicin, it's exactly the same as you, as you spell the actual, it's, it's the actual um, uh, the genus or whatever it is of the actual chili plant. C-A-P, uh, my spelling is not good, yeah. not a computer, Capsaicin, K-C-A-P-S-A-C-I-U-M, I think. Something uh, along those, yeah, people will find it, as long as you've got a vague yeah, kind I mean, of thing. And my, any muscle pain, it's check the show notes and it'll be correctly spelled, because yeah, uh, we'll, we'll take care of that. For back pain, it's got the lowest number they will treat, in other words, uh, the number you need to treat to get one person better. Now, if you think about uh, blood pressure tablets, 800 patients can make one patient not have a stroke. Capsaicin is the lowest number in the of anything I've ever seen. Two. So, in other words, 50 percent of people will get benefit. Well, that is uh, fantastic. Any drug, that's incredible. Yeah. Right? There okay. isn't anything lower than that. Okay. So, that, that's worth trying. But also, I, I, she certainly needs something to, to block the nerves. So, mm. she needs to go to see someone. See, I, I'm pretty sure the pain pressure will have done that. Maybe she can't tolerate it. But she needs to get off the code code or get on something different. But that's, that's the pain. Yeah. Now, going back to the uh, the positivity. Just doing something small every day or, or every week just to improve our quality of life. And that can yeah. be tiny things. I mean, you mentioned meditation in the previous podcast. That's a fabulous thing, just to relax you and, and help. And you can do that even if you can't get out of bed. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. I know from what she's told me, sorry to that that's exactly as you say, because she's hit the bottom. And yeah, uh, then, you know, as you say, basically... She she does one thing in a day and then that's her knackered, but it, that she makes sure she does do one thing in a day. Um, so you're very much spot on with your uh, kind of yeah. uh, advice there. So she's kind of on that, but I think the big thing that we've kind of got uh, across here is the inflammation really and the pain has got to become under thing. And then, you know, if all that's under control and you still feel like shit and you kind of, then maybe even going to see somebody you know, like counselling and stuff. I've become a massive fan of counselling yeah. more mm-hmm. recently, just talking to somebody about things. And, and as I say, I get some great results, um, you know, with a lot of people who, who I work with. And um, it's a specialist muscle, the old brain. Okay, are you shuffling around or in a windy no, no, tunnel? No, Yeah, so as I say, trying the new um, sort of technique. So not uh, initially not uh, sold on it. But uh, there we go. We, uh, well, I was going to say something really rude then. That my dad would say to me when I was young, but you've got to uh, got to use what you've got, as it as it were. Yeah. Okay. There's a uh, feedback here from a guy who was on about the uh, testosterone. It's, it's really, really, you better now? That's better. Yeah. What do you do different then? Nothing. Oh right. Okay. Well, stop doing. Uh, keep doing nothing. Whatever you're doing. <laughs> Okay, okay, so uh, last uh, one for today, then. No, okay. No, there's three, there's two more. All right. So, oh yeah, this one's just feedback, I guess. But um, no, no, there's two more. There's testosterone and there's the uh, raspberry ketones. Yes. Okay. Right. 
uh, feedback stroke question on testosterone again. You did a podcast on testosterone a while back. This is from Jeff. Uh, I know Jeff. And Dr. Mark said anabolic steroids are bad, with which I agree, but I am a little confused. There are lots of steroids in medicine to treat various health problems. From what I have read online, testosterone is naturally produced in the body in, in inverted commas, steroid form. And too little of it can cause problems, with you bo- which both of you have discussed and agreed to on the show. So what's the difference between pharmaceutical steroids and anabolic steroids and hormone replacement therapies? And what's in it that's different in the anabolic steroids? Um, and this is Jeff, 50 years old, former steroid user, now thinking about seeing GP for uh, testosterone replacement therapy. So what is the difference between them or mark uh, between right, okay. like if you add like he says your nandrolone decanate if athletes who get banned from the olympics for taking that but that's also produced by a pharmaceutical company to give to patients in a hospital for different yeah, med- so right so this is the reason so so what's the difference between someone using an osteoporosis drug to performance enhance compared to an anabolic is how is it? How does it go from being a pharmaceutical steroid to being an anabolic steroid? Well, okay. The, the, the bottom line here is anything with aerobic on the end of the steroid, right? So you've got your testosterone, your progesterone, your, your nandrolone. This one is written, yeah, nandrolone. Switch off, sort of thing. So would these would these problems that people get with anabolic steroids be exactly the same as the side effects on using them for medical purposes then? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Okay. So basically, then anabolic is just maybe like a a a, um, a dirty word that's been attached to the illegal side of it. It sounds. Uh, well, no, no. To anabolic me. is it's what they all are. So anabolic. So side. even the pharmaceutical ones are anabolic as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ah, right. Okay. If you've got nandrolone, if you've got. Uh, Decadurabilin, all these are anabolic. Yes. Testosterone is anabolic. Right, okay. But they are artificial. The body recognizes them as artificial. And they have, because you're putting in a, a dose that you don't actually need, I mean, most people who, who inject uh, or, or take uh, these anabolic steroids have got perfectly normal testosterone. Yeah, they don't need it. extra yeah. anabolics. I think they produce muscle growth, appetite stimulation, hair growth. Density, but 
So okay, so then why then uh, do we have like uh, Doctor Eccles who's coming on soon to the show who who does the testosterone supplementation? So so tell me, yeah. Testosterone is, is natural, right? If you if you have low testosterone, as men get older, their testosterone tends to go lower. If they have fat, their testosterone goes lower. So like Jeff now, he is a little bit overweight. Yeah, exactly. He's over he, 50. He will, he will get, uh, he, he will produce estrogen, which will cause problems with testosterone. So basically, you can replace that testosterone that you've not got with, um, you know, bi-identical testosterone which is a natural hormone, so right. you can replace it, but okay. you are still better off getting all your sort of ducks and yeah, well, yeah, weight yeah. off and everything, and yeah. then doing it yeah we always that's been a common theme amongst all the times we've ever spoken about this you'll be pissing into the wind if you are not sorting your diet out and exactly. all that sort of stuff excuse my pardon my french the other thing here is once you're on testosterone replacement therapy you're on it for, for life. life yeah yeah Okay. Yeah, which uh, is good if you're a 50 year old or 55 and you've got the testosterone of a 25 year old. My clients love it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, last question. Is, if you get your ducks in a row, you, your testosterone will come up. Yes. But if you are of a different generation, you may still have the testosterone of a 25 year old because there's certain men out there in their 50s who have the testosterone of young men. Um, yeah, because that, well, uh, not very well but I am one of them. Well, there we are. So that's as you say yourself. So if you're of an older generation, which a lot of our kind of listeners are, then yeah. you don't probably need a lot of this. But there's youngsters out there, guys, who have lower testosterone levels than their grandfathers. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. that is a fact. Uh, okay, so yeah. uh, bear that uh, in mind. As you say, it's always natural. First, go down that route, clean up the diet, cut out the crap. Uh, introduce exercise, good fats, exercise, exercise heavyweights. Yeah, having sex does it as well. It increases yeah. testosterone. Yeah. Even just look, looking at pretty girls, they walk past, it raises your testosterone. Oh, yeah, we, we, can't, we can't endorse that sort of stuff uh, <laughs> for any married men, so uh, we'll, we'll edit that bit out. People, people right. looking at the pretty girls will be saying, oh, I'm only raising my testosterone. Yeah, they recommended it on that bloody podcast. Like, we'll, we'll have them all the divorce solicitors on our hands now. <laughs> Okay, that's thanks, Jeff, for the question. So, and uh, I'm interested in that, Mark, because between me, you, you know, and everybody yeah. listening, I had a call last night off the BBC, and we may be asked to do a short news piece for the six and the ten o'clock news as soon as the Glacier Mines thing is blown over. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he called me last night, and uh, he read the blog, and uh, he read our opinions and what we got to say about it, and he's up for. Uh, trying to get across what we just said pretty much that you can do a lot more naturally than you realize and there's there's, there's no need for these young boys in south wales to be to be doing this so yeah. side note last one then going to have dinner um very popular one for all of you andrea from neath one of my girls there uh, um i made her age up because i didn't know it so we'll say it's 42 and she I, when i told her i'd made her age up she said just leave it at that rich that's fine um what do you think of raspberry ketones everyone's raging about it right now Mark, do you want to go or do you want? Uh, I'll, I'll take my quick bit, then you can go on about it because you're pretty involved in it than I do. Basically, there is no evidence that it makes any difference. 
Well, only evidence is it, is it rats. So if you want to take something that works in rats, well, well, you know, you're welcome to. But there is no evidence at all that it makes any difference in humans. There's not been any trials. There's not been anything. I mean, it's basically, I mean, the actual raspberry ketone is just the stuff that gives uh, the perfume to the to the, uh, to the raspberry. Mm. Uh, yes, in rats, it does it does um, make you burn a few more bits of fat. But I mean, there's a lot easier ways of doing it than that. But that, that's all I've got to say. But there's, there's no actual evidence that it works. No, I agree 100%. There's no evidence. And uh, the theory is that with these little capsules, you're able to uh, take an extraction of raspberries, like you say, which it would be the equivalent of eating 90 pounds of raspberries. So first of all, you know, that's an illogical uh, thing for the body to do. So that puts me off straight away. Um, but um, ultimately, the, the, the kicker, because I read all, I had a little look on the website and all this sort of stuff, and I had a little... Do you know the the key thing all these people use, and they they all work for this very reason, uh, for the placebo effect, I believe. This product is to be used in conjunction with a balanced diet and exercise. Hey, <laughs> so let's try a balanced diet and exercise without some raspberry ketones first, guys. But literally, I'm telling you now, it's a psychological placebo. If I give you uh, sugar pills or, 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 or uh, flower pills or whatever, I can tell you now, you'd lose exactly the same weight if you was going to lose weight on the ketones because the power of placebo is huge and it'll keep, keep your adherence to the diet and you'll be exercising a bit more. But of course, you'll attribute all your weight loss to the bloody raspberry ketones, wouldn't you? You wouldn't attribute it to a good old balanced diet and you doing some exercise so yeah our general uh, consensus is so um yeah that's it there is one more question but we ain't going to go through it today mark we're uh, five minutes late for dinner okay no worries i'll uh, i'll see you next, next week and we'll uh, yeah we'll, we'll try and do a bit more next week and yeah. um to tell everybody um but i'll uh, cut it there for tonight thank you everybody listen out for the show notes if you missed anything uh, or read for the show notes below uh, if you missed anything Peace. Bye-bye, Mark. See you all. Uh, see you next week. Turn on You, Me and the GP Radio Show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.